Rough Talk VR. Welcome to another episode of Rough Talk VR, a weekly podcast with in-depth game reviews, exclusive developer interviews, and the latest Oculus Quest news. We join our hosts D Scruffles and Stratus2K1 today as they spend another episode breaking down and discussing the Oculus Quest virtual reality world. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Rough Talk VR. Today we're joined with Don Carson. He's the senior art director for Mighty Coconut, the team behind, you know, Walkabout Mini Golf and their Say No More. Right? With their new update with the uh, the Labyrinth course, which, you know, has a lot of hype. So Don, you come in here with quite an impressive resume, but you know, our listeners might not know that. So do you mind telling them a little bit more about yourself as well as your role at Mighty Coconut? You bet. Uh let's see. I've been in the business for almost 40 years now, studied as a commercial illustrator, mainly because it was the only career that I could think of where I could get paid to draw all day uh, and realized really quickly I didn't like commercial illustration, um, and, but I love Disneyland. And so my trajectory was I, when as soon as I found out that Imagineering existed and one could make a living designing theme park rides, that was my laser focus. And in the eight, late 80s, I actually was hired by Walt Disney Imagineering and was a senior show designer for years working on a lot of attractions that eventually I left uh, to move up to Oregon, where I worked in the video game world, continued to to freelance for theme park design work, and uh, created this sort of weird hybrid career of a theme park designer who does video games. And when COVID hit, uh, you know, we were all shut into our homes, and I discovered walk about mini golf and friends of mine in the industry, we would get together a couple times a week and we would play and they were all theme park people. And we all just realized this, this stuff's good. This stuff's like what we do uh, for our day job. And when bogey's bonanza came out, I finally said to my friends, I'm writing them a letter. I'm just going to write them a letter and tell them how much I love their product and how they're really knocking it out of the park. And uh, shortly after that, I got hired as a senior art director um, that the senior part, I think, comes with my years more than necessarily my status <laughs> at the company. Uh, but I'm kind of the guy who does the front end stuff, the uh, all the early concepts. I'm usually working a good nine months out uh, from uh, the opening day of the of the new course, and I'm just having the time of my life. I feel like all of my background as a designer has all culminated into creating these wonderful miniature golf parks. Well, for, for that, I definitely thank you. Um, I want to kind of touch on that Disney Imagineer. Is that just, I've, you see little glimpses of what, what they do. It looks fun as hell, that I'll say. But what is it like to take something from, I guess, your brain and actually see a monstrous, I'm assuming that you worked on some pretty large scope projects, to see that come to fruition? It's fantastic. I really consider my years in Imagineering like going to the best university ever for themed environment design. My very first job was I was the art director for uh, Splash Mountain Walt Disney World. At the time, that was the third Splash Mountain. So it was not one of those projects that everybody was sort of climbing over each other to get a hold of. You know, all the prestige had been drained out of it. Um, but the advantage was that I had full reign to be basically do my interpretation of that attraction based upon changes that had been made to the ride system that widened the, the track and meant that we had to redesign all this, the, the uh, scenes. And that took me from 
concept all the way through hard hat wearing to opening day. And I realized that's the real joy of that job is not just the coming up with the ideas, but the being able to work all the way through all those thousands of people necessary to turn it into a, you know, $80 million attraction at the end. Uh, what's interesting is when I went freelance, I uh, was only stuck on the front end. So doing a lot of concept work that then two years would pass of me not working on it, it would open up and I could see whether or not anything I came up with made it. Uh, but at Walkabout, I get once again, I get to be a part of that, those first, first sketches at the beginning and then get to, to shepherd it and, and also witness the process of its creation to the finished product, which is super great. No, that's that's so huge. Touching touching millions of people in the real world, and now touching millions of people in the virtual world. That's yeah. That's a yeah. pretty. It, it was super nice to know for the last thirty five years that every thir- ninety seconds a boat was dropping down Splash Mountain, and people were having a good time, <laughs> even if I wasn't there to witness it. You were part of the magic that the that literal magic. Yeah. yeah, no, the Imagineers. It's like that whole what goes on it's like again i think i've seen like maybe one documentary on imagineers and their journeys to get there but it just looks like an absolutely incredible position that and and the responsibility would probably scare me to death yeah i know you're a a big disney fan oh i love disney world my my fiance is a disney addict (laughs) so she'll hear this and just you know gonna be beside herself to be honest with you (laughs) but no the creation process from um, I'll just say on the front end, because obviously you can't, if you're not wearing the hard hats and all that, is it pretty much the same conceptually to design a a huge attraction? And I mean, you worked hands-on with Labyrinth, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there at the very beginning working. In fact, it was really the project that I uh, sort of worked on from the very first sketches all the way through to the finished product. Um, but the, the it's the exact same job which is uh, as unlike sort of art with a capital A, where you produce something that goes on a wall and stand in front of it and point at the work you did. Uh, concept art is, uh, is a means to an end. It's a communication tool to help those people who are going to participate in uh, the, the project all the way through. And your job is to create that visual recipe that they follow. In many ways, um, if you do your job well, then that's handed off to someone and they just do it. And each individual person, and it's certainly true of Walkabout, uh, makes it better. So the finished product is infinitely better than any one thing I might have come with up with at the beginning. Now, this doesn't surprise me with Mighty Coconut at all. No, it's very polished team. I mean, every single course, even the original ones that they dropped on, you know, the easy and the hard mode, it's their, oh, their, their overall reputation is just phenomenal. So I've definitely noticed in a lot of these, you know, DLC courses that have come, you know, it seems like every time the art and the environments takes a step up and we see that in Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to toot your own horn or anything, but uh, <laughs> we we have to see some sort of correlation with you joining the team and things, you know, really expanding. It's a and, very expansive yeah, even in Sweetopia, it's like, you know, you have the the hidden workers who are dead. Yeah. You know, El Dorado, you have the hidden treasure. Labyrinth is so much. There's so much to go into. I mean, you you had to have had a role in that. So that's, that's great to see, you know, uh, a highly experienced person like you joining the team. And, geez, the game hitting a whole new level. So uh, Well, it, L- Lucas Martel, our founder and the creator of the first four courses and really are the captain of our ship has said that uh, we've 
it's brought in a, a more a slightly more theme park sort of mindset, um, and certainly uh, Labyrinth and and um, uh, Henning and I both sort of on the same page as far as uh, that each scene if sort of unfolds as you turn a corner, and especially in Labyrinth, you'll you'll be presented with an environment which happens to also have a golf hole in it, and you have a storytelling experience, and then you you journey to the next, and it unfolds almost like an illustration where it points you to the next focus. And as you make your way through Labyrinth, you'll see that that visual styling, which is a very theme parky thing, is uh, each thing is presented. Uh, as, as a composition, really, when you turn the corner and you see Goblin City, you're meant to see it from that perspective, and it's supposed to appear to you in that way. So uh, all the stuff we've been working on, because actually, for a lot of us, we wrapped up a lot of uh, Labyrinth a good month ago. So we're well deep into the next one, and we're doing the same thing in the next one uh, with the, the environment unfolding as you adventure through it. No, what I'll say about you know, the, the, describing as a theme park edition is is a, a great way to, to describe the touch that you bring. And it, it feels like the original courses were more, you know, mini golf courses, whereas now it's like each new course is its own experience. And, and for lack of a lack of a better term, it's not your standard mini golf. Not that the other ones were exactly, you know, cut and dry, typical mini mini golf courses mm-hmm. either. But now it's things are getting elaborate. And even like the my favorite hole in the new labyrinth one with the stairs everywhere. Yeah. With the oh, physics. like the Escher. Oh the my Escher goodness. Drawing. It's like th- <laughs> things are getting, things are getting real fun. That for- one's really creepy. <laughs> I won't lie. I didn't, the, I, the- I was like, I know I have to hit the ball, but what's going to happen when I hit this ball? Because there's everything. Well, the only creepy part was the little kid climbing. You're seeing down. what you're doing is you're, you're looking at the impossible is what you're really looking at and you're in the impossible. So what's going to happen when I hit this ball? No, that's, that was, no, I, I didn't have a problem with any hole. Some of them were hard as hell, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I kind of wanted to touch a little bit on, you know, you, you're referencing your first time playing walkabout. You know, was that your first time using VR completely or had you had some previous VR experience as well? No, I've been a really an early adopter from the very beginning. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, any tool that helps communicate the pictures in my head better is going to make the end result more like the pictures in my head. So even back in the 90s, I was playing with 3D. Even people at Imagineering weren't touching it yet. Um, I tend to be an annoying evangelist for new technology and uh, often forcing my colleagues uncomfortably to look at tools that they aren't interested in learning. Um, I'd say that about 13 years ago, I was a real pusher of SketchUp as a way in which we could concept out uh, these theme park environments that would supplement the drawings that we were doing. And there was a lot of pushback. But today, SketchUp is like one of the the tools everybody reaches for. So I really think that VR in the coming years is going to be, you know, I, I don't I can't review that until we've both been in it and we've walked around will be the way that, that work is done. And luckily at Walkabout, that's my day job <laughs> is we have meetings, we draw in VR, we, we're building the worlds in the worlds while we are inhabiting them. That's crazy. Yeah. And for someone like you, who's been in the industry, you know, that's freaking be- awesome. Before though. VR existed, what's it like to, to design in VR? 
Is it more free to you? It's is fantastic. It, uh, it's well, it's uh, the best way I could describe it. It's like do, making balloon animals, except the balloon animals turn into a, a completely themed uh, miniature golf park, <laughs> and you're doing it with your friends and colleagues. Oh, that's that's awesome. I've always I've always thought you know because I'm not huge into art. I've always just thought, you know, the possibility of being in a, a virtual world and being able to design freely probably has, has to be removing all the restrictions that you usually deal with. So that's pretty. Yeah. You're only limited to your, your own creativity. It also removes scale, which was something early on. I thought a virtual workshop would have a virtual desk and I would work on it. But when you're working with someone else using gravity sketch, if I'm working with Lucas and Henning, one of us is the size of a flea working on the handle of a teacup while someone else is the size of a skyscraper building the cave the flea is in. So all the while having a conversation. Uh, so all of our, our courses start as this very scribbly, virtual, two-scale version of the, part, the course that we're designing. And then the rest of the next mu- nine months is refining that sketch. That's freaking cool. That's a cool process, though. It, it again, I mean, you come from a really good, a really good jobs of having fun at your job. Then, yeah, Imagineer I mean, oh, to yeah. being able to work in VR for. Yeah. If you ask me, even just that that creative development process sounds pretty fun. Yeah, you know, being in the room together, everybody not, on scale. It's not stuffy and like you know, you know I don't want to be there. Oh no, and it's you, a staff meeting. You it's like s- no, you're you're making progress, and I love the idea that someone can shrink themselves down to something so small to work on something where someone else could be working on something big. Never well, even thought that was mm-hmm. possible, to be honest. You see that in the yeah. finished product, because look at all of the detail in these oh, horses yeah, at this point, I, especially on like labyrinths. Dude, we were going on the rooftops. Like I kept looking the at little... the, the different animated creatures and stuff they have <laughs> going around. Yeah, there's so many small details. There's no Good way job. you could do that just, you know at you know full size scale. No. You got to shrink down. You got to really, but that's, uh, I'm just visualizing it. That sounds freaking awesome. Yeah, I think another secret to Walkabout and Mighty Coconut is that a large number of the company come from the filmmaking world or the animation world. Uh, We have people who have a game experience, but we're not beholden to the rules of game design. uh, So that there's this amazing sort of mixture of theatrical animation, filmmaking, theater, and theme park that is creating a place that, by the way, you happen to be playing golf in. Um, so uh, we're not worried about achievements so much as the first thing on our list. We're worried more about your experience and the shared experience of you getting to do this with someone else. Oh, which with Walkabout is definitely a huge part of that whole. I mean, when I first got it, I played it single player for a little while, but then we started playing together and it's we've never looked back. I mean, we've the hard- had community events and yeah, the hardest part is stopping. I mean, we, yeah. we played, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We played Labyrinth last night. We did the <clears> full 18 <throat> holes, uh, you know, spent so much time looking for all the balls. Although, you know, they're some of them are very well hidden. Actually, you know, real quick, do you have as the art director, do you have any, any part, say in that? Yeah, any part in hiding those balls? No, that's not me. <laughs> okay, uh, whoever blame d- others, yeah. Uh, <laughs> They, Edward, they, you could curse him, um, yeah. but uh, Lucas hides them too. There's, there are several people that do the ball hiding. I, I must say that uh, the greatest joy working at Walkabout is the sort of ensemble 
uh, I'm just at the front end. Um, there are there are people who lovingly touch every single thing in it, whether it's Emma who's working on refining and designing the the assets or or refining and designing the characters, uh, to Craig who does just magical things with the lighting and the environment that just catches our breath every time. You know, we'll slave over an environment, but it's not till he's touched it with the lighting and the all the shaders and the magic that can happen in Unity that we really fully get to see the potential of the environments we're creating. Um, Henning is a sort of a jack of all trades. He creates the, the environments. He creates the holes. He uh, does the animations. He really, really touches absolutely everything. And it's it's really one of the jobs I've ever been in where I feel confident that anything that I do will be 10 times better than my design by the time it reaches the finished product. That's even better than designing it, knowing that you can pass it off and the finished product's going to be tighter than mm-hmm. what you might have even imagined. It's like, I did my part, now it's off to him, and I have full faith in him. Now, when you, when you zoom yep. out of that labyrinth course, it's freaking ginormous. It's like, yeah, it's the biggest one we've ever done. I can't believe how well it's running on the quest too. Yeah, That's what I was saying last, last night. Was, yeah. Even, you know, not even the new course, even at this point, the home homepage, like when you first join a room and, you know, you have the, yeah. the river and Welcome you have Island. Yeah. It's <laughs> the fact that this game is running with no frame rate drops with this much texture and details going on is, is insane. And labyrinth just takes it to a whole new level. But yeah. And that's a licensed. I mean, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, let's be honest, it was a, a good movie from, well, for its time, it was a good movie. People are watching it nowadays and getting a little upset about it because they don't realize that it was a child's movie when I was 80s. younger, when I was younger, yeah. it was, was a good was movie. Yeah. You know, but to look at it and expect that same level of, you know, visual quality and effects, it just didn't exist back then. Yeah. But it's people like, like me, you know, heard Labyrinth and they're like, no freaking way. This is, this is a. A cool this is going to be a good experience yeah all right if you watch coneheads and you make fun of the monster that comes out because it's made of clay you got to understand what they were working <laughs> with at that time so <laughs> uh you know something we talk about privately a lot and you know obviously i'm sure you guys talk have so much things going on in the background that you can't talk about because it's still whispers and stuff so you don't need to give details or anything but there's so much potential with walkabout for these official license course when i saw labyrinth announced like that i was like oh I hope that this is this yeah, opens up the saying wormhole. it again last night too. Yeah, I was like, you, you, dude, imagine a Millennium Falcon course. Like, just in Star Wars, you have so much potential. A Tatooine course, you you could do a Cantina <laughs> course, uh, you could do Star Trek courses, you could do Harry Potter Hogwarts courses. It's like anybody who wants to, you know, play ball for lack of a better term. Walkabout has so much potential for it. So I hope this really war- opens up the wormhole and we we see some more licensed stuff coming. You know. Well, that's that's happening. Uh, we're working on that. But I think what's unique is that we get to really pick stuff that's relatively off the wall. I think there were, a lot of people were surprised at Labyrinth and then surprised again at Myst. Uh, we were as surprised when the Cyan guys said, yes, we would love for you to do a, a miniature <laughs> golf course on Myst Island. Um, so we're trying to approach that. We, each of our courses, we're trying to to sort of reinvent what's possible. Um, and uh, the same is for the IPs as we're looking at for partners. We want, we want partners that will allow us to riff a little bit on the, their intellectual property. And what so far we're finding that, uh, especially the ones that are already familiar with our game 
they they already have expectations that what we're going to be doing is a sort of low poly interpretation of it, which I think was one of the appeals for the Jim Henson Company was it didn't have to worry so much about us slavishly recreating the world. We were interpreting it very much sort of how Lego games interpret the world of Harry Potter or Star Wars. It lets you be in the world, but at the same time, we're not we're not really, really worried about canon um, desperately or that every texture is exactly the same as the film. No, I I think it's a huge benefit for all parties involved. And the fact that they, and you're right, like companies are allowing some, I'll say artistic liberties mm-hmm. or interpretations to be, you know, explored and used under their, their theme basis. So, you know, the sky's the limit for stuff like that. Yeah. And I think what you said is absolutely the truth. It's you guys not being photorealistic graphics, you know, having that kind of, you know, not blocky, but you know, the, the patented walkabout graphics. That actually, I think, adds some creative freedom because you're not going for photorealistic or, or cut mm-hmm. and dry. And, and you got to make it all work on the, the current headset. Mm-hmm. So it's it's only getting better and better. And as the years go on, as we've already said, you're going to see more stuff coming out that's going to look better, operate better, yeah, the, using the same exact technology. Walkabout's a great example of that. Uh-huh. Three courses ago, it wasn't as big as it is in Labyrinth. So it seems like they're constantly pushing the the envelope. For um, a reasonable price too, mind you. That that the DLC prices are three dollars amazingly low. If you're in the United States, two ninety nine, three dollars. Yeah, dude. Well, and do know <laughs> that 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 two ninety nine is paying for the next one. That it's the perfect relationship we have with our players. That their willingness to buy a DLC means that we can make the next next DLC, which is just a exactly where we want to be. Yeah, we no the community support for for walkabout is just it continues to go up. It's like all you got to do is get somebody to try it, and I love the idea of people playing it from all parts of the country together. You know, old friends or family, whatever, because that's boom, you're sold. It's like we could do this every Friday night for an hour. You know, it's by design. It's just worked out so. But we never would have thought, and we always say it. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought mini golf and VR would be the thing that's going to compel you like sometimes the most to just have that overall social experience. Now you guys are, are doing some serious magic, but it doesn't surprise me either. Cause I look at the backgrounds of what really makes up mighty coconut and it's, it's on paper. It's some legit heavy hitters that are bringing their talents now to, you know, us. That's, that's freaking amazing. Yeah. Lucas says he likes to hire rock stars because <laughs> he knows that, that things just work, you know, granted it's, it's uh, you're bringing in sort of powerhouse people who are sort of experts in their area, but their willingness to just, it's like jazz work together and come up with something that's better than what any individual one of us could have imagined is just a joy. Well, you feel that passion. It's and, a passion. And, yeah. You feel that love. You feel that hard work as the consumer. When you play it, it's you, you can't help but details. take it in. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll spend, uh, I mean, honestly, we probably could have blown through the course in a third of the time last night, but between finding the balls Gosh, and just looking, looking checking out everything. everything. Yeah. Yep. You, I was climbing the roofs of uh, different <laughs> yeah. houses. Yeah, you were like, dude, you can go on the roofs. I'm like, really? So I'm going up the stairs. I'm <laughs> hopping all around. It's those small details. You'll, you'll look at the clock and you'll be like, dude, we haven't played a, a hole in 20 minutes. Yeah. What are we doing? We're exploring. <laughs> but what's crazy is, is when I started going on the rooftops, I'm like, someone had to make it so that you know, you can get onto that mm-hmm. rooftop and had to design the, the yeah. textures and up there. The amount of areas you can actually go to including is a ridiculous. maze. Ridiculous. 
including the actual labyrinth. Yeah. You can go deep, my friend. Yeah, I think you ran away from yes. me for a couple of minutes and came running back. You're like, I'm about to get lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for yourself, you know, I mean, sounds like you've got some some passion in film and, and animation. Is there any dream course for you that you would love to see of like a, an already existing IP or something like that in Walkabout? Um, I, I do, and I'm still lobbying for them, so I can't <laughs> say what they would be. Uh, so a lot of it, too, it depends upon just sort of the temperature of what people want to work on. Um, some rise to the top as people say, you know, oh, yes, I'll, I'll give an arm to be able to do that. And knowing that enough people are just thrilled with the, the idea of recreating an environment that either comes from our childhood or from an IP that we love, or even just a genre that we're, we dig is, uh, is, is enough. And then we just pour our, our passion into it. And I love the fact that you guys can see the amount of love that went into it because I'm here to say love w- was lavished upon the labyrinth. Oh, the, the level of detail. And we're looking at rocks. I mean, I won't lie. We're looking at the, the, the indentations in the stone wall. But looking at everything that might not seem like a big deal to some developers, but look at what it does. It causes us to be in the game for twice the time. I, I need to go back in like I without play playing the game. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's it might not seem like it might seem like the extra mile to some. But for me, that is what makes walkabout so special, you know? Well, and I also believe like if there's something in it and I hate hearing that, like, oh, you guys never saw this after you've been playing it for months and months that it drives me crazy because <laughs> yeah. it's like. So many deliberate things get put in areas that some people never even see. Exactly. So it's like you really are encouraged to almost kind of explore. You want to see what you can see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't lie. One of the balls was hidden somewhere that, you know, you might not necessarily think to go look there, but no, I think they we, made it so you can. We missed three balls. And on those, I have, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> but I swear I looked. Yeah, I've, I haven't found hole three yet. <laughs> I cannot find it. Was it hole three or four that we didn't get? I think it might it have been three. three. It might have been three we didn't yeah, get. Still can't find it. They do such a it like pull your hair. You said his wanna... name was Edward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Edward, yes. Edward have an email and <laughs> yeah, no. he, they're good. Bless him. No, they're really good with yes. that. Coloring the ball the same color as the environment. Mm-hmm. No, they a... use they use the space well enough that sometimes even the obvious you're blind to because yeah, I go in there so and what I. What are you go, really looking at? You're looking at everything. I go. If I was walkabout mini golf, where, where would, would I, I put? Where would I put this ball? Let's see. <laughs> if I was mighty coconut, where does this go? Yeah, Is no, it- I, I, I think it's actually great. We're talking to the senior art director because I think it's one of the areas that Mayor probably doesn't get enough recognition, similar to a sound score for a well done game. Yeah, but it's um, that. Extra but it's money. an area that without it, you know, what do you have? Mm-hmm. You have really nothing. So, and, but I also respect the fact that you shout out all the other people that actually worked on it, that all come together to bring their own piece of the puzzle in to all provide that tight finished product. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's interesting because this job, strangely enough, I draw more than I have in years uh, because I'm just sort of setting up potential directions that areas can go in. And sometimes you draw the same thing multiple times as people are like, well, that's not really exactly right. So do another drawing to just hone it, hone it in. And then that's the surface that everybody else pushes off of. So Zach, who's our uh, sort of a 2D uh, graphics guru who does the all the poster art, he does the 
a lot of the ball designs. He also does um, what we call drawovers, which is we have a very, very rough version of a playable course, and he'll take screenshots and paint over the top of it. And he just has a, a marvelous aesthetic that is, I would say, the aesthetic of Walkabout is really Zach's work. Um, and also, although he's not a 3D artist, he thinks in a low-poly way so he can give information to someone like Edward or to Emma, and they can build from it. Um, yeah, he's, his stuff is beautiful. It, there, is, there is no one person, I would say, is, is the secret sauce. It, we all bring something unique to it that makes it better in the end. No, I give Lucas a lot of credit on the team he's putting together and then pretty much creating, I think one of development wise in VR right now, probably the most powerful team. It's, it's got a 4.9 overall on the Oculus quest or mm-hmm. seven, what 7.7 K rating, something like that for good reason. Yeah. And I mean, we said in the beginning, I mean, you didn't join mighty coconut before walkabout existed. Their initial courses were great. It's not like the art was ever bad. Mm-hmm. It was always been phenomenal. It's just you, you know, you've brought that extra. They're just continuing to up their own exactly their own game. So I mean, and uh, back That's to that. True. And, and and I'm just but just to shout out to Lucas is that he's run studios before, and I think he brings that kind of approach uh, to the how he's running. Um, but at the same time, he's also sort of the Walt Disney in you know he's the the bellwether. He's the the person we show it to and he gives us his feedback. Well, that doesn't feel completely right. Um, same with Henning, his ability to wait, he'll say it's not walkabout enough. <laughs> and that means a lot. Uh, and a lot of it is about literally walking around, you know, it is, is the place that it's in discoverable. Is it, are there things about it that, that make you want engaged visually and want to play that whole um, so it's, it's often the, some like right now, the, the course we're working on to be delivered next is getting a, a couple of holes completely redesigned because it wasn't walkabout enough, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. Cause those that, you know, walkabout enough, that special feel to it is they make each hole memorable. You know, we could say the, the staircase hole, or I'm pretty sure hole three was at the, the straight narrow hole. Yeah. That's with the, the first part of the labyrinth. Yep. Yeah, the damn ball that I can't find. Yeah, I yeah. think we actually did find that one. Yeah, I think it was four we didn't find. Ah. I think we might be able to trade some knowledge with this one, but half the fun's okay. finding it yourself. <laughs> we'll do it after after the video. No spoilers. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Bulge. But uh, yeah. yeah, you should see us when we go into a hole. We like split up. We're climbing on things, going everywhere. Um, <laughs> Just for a ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, I want to do hard mode too. You know. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm not getting it by getting under par. I'm not that good. Nope. Um, I mean. Geez, do you at this point having worked in the game, literally in, working in the game, not even on the game, like literally designing inside the art the for game, the game yeah. inside the game? Uh, do you still play a lot of walkabout mini golf? As oh, a- well, we're we're also playing it in every, its various stages. We have play tests. Uh, it's multiple times a week where we all meet inside. Sometimes in the what we call the gray box phase, which is this like just placeholder colors in the buildings. It's just playable, just playable. And and all and everybody in the company will will play it on during each stage. And now um, we were using uh, Horizon Workrooms as our virtual you know company meetings. But now we've grown to to, to surpass the sixteen uh, capacity. So now we actually meet in the center of our courses. So just re- just the other day we met around the plaza in Shangri La and had our meeting. 
there. And and we had just internally released the uh, the uh, labyrinth heads. So we had like multiple, you know, Ludos and multiple Serdidimuses sitting around the plaza having our our serious company meeting. Um, Which probably got some more laughs than than it should. Things in VR are oh, just yeah. so funny. Like I can't, yes. you know. I'm just envisioning. Like, do you guys get to choose like custom avatars if you want? <laughs> no, just the same ones you guys do. Same ones we get. Okay. And then, mm-hmm. well, that kind of brings me to my next question about if you're still playing. I mean, if the whole team's playing at various stages, and it sounds like everybody's passionate and loving it, how intense are team games? Like, how close do things get? Um, with the exception of Lucas and Henning, uh, most of us are pretty bad <laughs> golfers. I feel a lot better. None I'm, of us I'm, are I'm getting terrible. better. I'm getting worse. Um, and then, you know, we've been playing it for months. Um, but as soon as it releases, all my friends want to play with me. So I end up playing quite a lot, even after it launches, uh, just as an opportunity to, to show off our handiwork, um, <laughs> In the theme park business, you spend five, three to five years working on a project that opens in a part of the world you may not be invited to, to visit. Uh, but now every nine weeks or so, or six weeks, I get to open a brand new attraction and invite all my friends who have a Quest headset. That is that is a very underrated aspect as a creator to be able to, yeah. to on demand, go to, to your your art. That's I didn't even think about that. That's, that's really cool. Um, and I, you know, we had talked. You know, two ninety nine is the cost of the, you know, the labyrinth course, which is the same cost as the previous DLC. So, I think Mighty Coconut deserves a lot of credit. That, you know, obviously without talking details, you guys, it goes without saying. There's licensing costs with getting these type of of names. Yeah, they're usually not cheap. They're usually not free. That's no, all I'll say. You know, right? <laughs> so, it would have been understandable if, hey, we have labyrinth, we have mist because the licensing costs. You know, DLC is four ninety nine, but no, it's that same price that mm-hmm. that the other ones were. I mean, I think that that's a, a really cool decision you guys made for the community that, hey, even though it's officially licensed. I took it as a give back to the community, really. Yeah, because it, it would have been understandable if mm-hmm. it was, you know, figured 499. Yeah, but no, it's like this is the community who supports us. They stick with us. They buy every course. Same price. And it's like, wow, that's. Well, dude, and I don't want to look at my courses and see one locked. <laughs> I won't lie. I'm, I'm to the point now where it would just look ridiculous. Yeah. So it's a, it's got to be that nice, clean yep. slate. <laughs> no, I'm just glad there's so, still. And when we talk to Lucas, I mean, it sounds like this is going to be going on for a long time. Oh, I have a feeling that there's sleepless nights, not because of working hard, just like ideas just pouring in like a waterfall. Oh, yeah. And you, you, yeah, we're well into next year with the design and implementation of the courses. Oh, so. what I would, and there's there's quite a few still coming this year. So what I would pay to see that whiteboard and maybe even virtual whiteboard of ideas, probably like a mile long room whiteboard it's a hundred i think <laughs> is the list every time someone brings up a new one they go no we have to get through the first hundred yep. <laughs> i feel like that's us in reviewing games at this point it's like just add it to the list the list is growing faster than we're knocking them off so you, you snuck in you know the six to nine weeks i think you had said so i mean is that how long it takes to, to make a new course or overall like what's the the time from idea from whiteboard to all right this is the one we're doing boom sold it's, I think we've decided it's about nine months. I think uh, Labyrinth took uh, 10. Um, but that's not with the single focus. We're probably working on four to six courses simultaneously. Uh, but it means that the ball is in the air for that course for an entire nine months uh, between just con- conceiving it and then releasing it. 
Ooh, uh, there's there's goodies coming that I can only imagine. Oh my ben. god! Yeah, my brain is kind of open to whatever whatever well, walkabout puts in front of me. And again, they have that magic formula where they can do their own homebrewed course, which I imagine is pretty fun too. You know, not being having any restrictions with licensing. You know, doing like the other DLC ones. And then there's, like I said before, just so much potential licensing. You said it before; everybody wins in it. I mean, yeah. Well, well if, if you're proving that you're bringing that company's you know, product, brand, whatever, with a, a really quality reputation behind it, then yeah, I would think they'd probably reach a point where people would be coming to them mm-hmm. to say, hey, we'd love you to do a Marvel comic, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't really matter because that seems the direction it's marketing for them. And for the consumer, it's like, oh, so who loses? Yeah. Nobody. The consumer wins the most for sure. I'd love to see it flip too, where licensing takes a twist because it's almost like, the old days of movies where they started doing placement advertisements everywhere, you know, it's got to say like Doritos facing the, to where they go, Oh shit, we're going to have to go to them. Yeah. We want our we new want movie. To be, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think you can do a Tron one, you know, or <laughs> so no, this is an exciting time. And I, I think one of the biggest things with the company you work for too, is like as a consumer, you almost have an expectation that whatever you guys are delivering next is going to be better than what you just delivered. And so far, it seems to be that way. Everything's its own unique experience, but it just seems a little better. Well, one of the things that we're trying to do, too, is that we know that there's a certain percentage of the players that like to go what we call a Zen course. Uh, Shangri-La is a perfect example of that, where it's richly detailed, but not necessarily deeply story-driven, but just a place you just want to go and meet people in. So we have some of that coming, too. So we want to make sure that we're not doing all summer blockbusters <laughs> that we're also doing just beautiful places to, to hang out uh, and discover. No, I think you guys are, are doing a, a fantastic job of pleasing everybody. I mean, currently as it stands right now, all those courses probably wouldn't be for everybody, but they'll definitely be a course for everybody. Yeah. There's, there's a course for you for sure. It's smart. It's like, I don't know. They, they're laying this huge foundation of I think what other people are looking at as well as to how they are putting their game models together. And it's a well, success story. Selfishly as a, as a designer, I hope that other VR um, games and environments are looking to walk about as a confirmation that environments can be created that are immersive, uh, shareable, explorable, um, that there's a huge potential, even with the limitations of something like the quest, uh, to create really, really story deep, immersive places to hang out and be in. And a, a large percentage of the sort of fan mail we get are people saying, "I reconnected with my dad or my brother or or you know a spouse that lives in another country." Uh, we get together every week and we. We reconnect, and we happen to do that through playing some mini golf. Nope, it's become a, a very notable platform for people to do just that. I mean, again, how much time do we spend? And we see each other all the time, so, and yeah. we'll still spend twenty minutes not playing mini golf. Well, we don't push it on the podcast all the time, audibly, but it's worth mentioning. We're a father son team, yeah. you know. It's pretty freaking cool being able to, you know, we don't live in the same house, nope. but on a headset. And you're there. There's a character. We give knuckle love, give a, you know, a hug good night. Uh, but we're playing mini golf or we're playing pop one or yeah. playing anything. And it's, it's, 
it's pretty fun. that that whole social aspect of vr was one that i, I, I didn't, didn't see it, coming no. i didn't get into vr because i thought it was going to be this huge social thing i thought it would be more like just you know i me like in a game but i liked single player games before yeah and flat screen more than multiplayer for yeah. sure but in vr i'm looking for that multiplayer i want that and there are developers in, I, we can definitely confirm that have looked at walkabout as the main influencer yeah the standard that people should really look at is it works you can do it this is the template for vr social if you can get that yeah that social bond with people when they're in your experience then they're going to come back just awesome i'm still fixated on the disney imagineer i can't get (laughs) out the the scope of those (laughs) well i think you see some of that that experience in these courses you know in the scale in the it has that not magic feel but there's something very vibrant. Something I felt like very I fun. was in the labyrinth. Yeah, for it, sure. So, especially the and again, hats off to the even the animations of the the characters. And I, I know sometimes there's recency bias, so I understand if the answer to your question is well, labyrinth because that's the one that we just pushed out. Now I'm playing with my friends, but overall, do you have a favorite course? Um. Oh, there. I, each of them are my favorite. This is a seems like a pat answer, but each <laughs> of them are favorite for different reasons. But you know, it's kind of like. Um, uh, each was shooting for some aesthetic or some way to transport you. Like I, Sweetopia, which I only worked on just ever so slightly. That was really Henning's baby. Uh, there is nothing like that. In fact, I made the comment while we were designing it that when you did a, a Google image search for Candyland, you got, with the exception of maybe uh, Wreck-It Ralph, you got a, a specific idea of what a candy landscape could be. Now, if you search for a candy land, you get Sweetopia. Um, and I love that course for the fact that it is, it, it takes that and that sort of idea of sort of the Willy Wonka landscape and just, just dials it to 11. Um, <laughs> and I feel that a lot of the stuff that we're doing now, we've done really recently has, has done that. I th- and also we surprise ourselves because a lot of effort goes into that easy course. And then we go, oh yeah, that, we have to do a hard <laughs> course now. And so El Dorado was one that is really kind of, we really understood what that was, but it wasn't until Craig said, I'm going to have it be in the middle of a, a, you know, a tropical thunderstorm (laughs) the entire time. And then the combination of that with the modern light fixtures and the flares, it just theatrically takes it to a whole nother place. It's, it's technically the same model, utterly different experience because of that choice. So each of the past courses I love for different reasons. And I also have a tremendous passion, all of us do, for the ones that are coming because we just can't wait until you get to go in them because we're doing new things and special things. Uh, we're taking you places. And, and also, we're, we're doing a lot of sort of the accordion of space, you know, give you something that's wide open and explorable and then give you something that's nice and tight and explorable and, and you know, you can climb around inside. Um, uh, there's some good stuff coming here i was thinking that you know oh we're gonna talk to don here it's gonna calm some of my labyrinth excitement you know i get to ask the yeah. questions i want Ooh, okay maybe i'll and now here i am and i'm just more freaking excited for walk about mini golf what the hell <laughs> yeah good there's can, so much can can people too they should set up a prepay like yeah yeah can i just get like a season pass yeah. you know everything you guys drop here's 20 here's <laughs> however many bucks. you think you're gonna <laughs> come out a, with this year just take just, just take it. yeah. it's cool 
No, there's the the potential is infinite. Like I said, you see the passion no, in the just, courses. It's not slowing down. That's the craziest part about it. Is like you have essentially, you know, a home run experience, and there's no signs of slowing down. No, I don't think that there's been a single course I just like. And the only one that would I, if I looked at them, I would go, I don't know if I'd like it too much. Would be like the golf course, and that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one got my favorite clubs and balls in it. So I mean. Ah, there's, there's so Sweetopia much. makes me very hungry. Yeah. You actually said that mm. when we interviewed Lucas Martel, I think yeah. you made it about two minutes before you're like, I got to be honest with you. Great chorus, but I'm putting on weight because of that. I got him. I got a bunch <laughs> with it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. So I can't wait to see what, what comes What's coming. Yeah. yeah. There's so much potential. Anytime you guys want to come on anyone from the, the mighty coconut team. I always joke. We always got some time for a coconut. Uh, anytime <laughs> you guys want to come on and, and, you know, announce a new episode talk about a new new uh new course or anything like that you know we're you guys have a home here i mean we're we're nothing but walkabout fanatics here true uh, that number one game on our discord I, we will occasionally we'll try to you know hold like a community get together we have like an official podcast discord subreddit it's like hey what games would you guys want to play it's always comes back to walkabout can't get away from it. that's the game everybody and loves since you can have more people now in walkabout than the earlier days then now even more people want to play walkabout. Mm-hmm. So if that number were to somehow grow, which I can't even conceive. Yeah, I can't. I don't know how this game's running on the quest too. With it, no. like I said, eight Some people saying. in this course, this big with this, it doesn't make sense. You know, uh, hats off to you know the R team and also the people doing more again, of the technical. It's, it's the oh yeah, the overall caliber of talent that has been, in my opinion, strategically put together mm-hmm. that can all work and play nice together and all have one desire for a great finished product and experience i mean you got nowhere to go but up it's just it, it gives me goosebumps on yeah, it def- it's just too perfect by design we had previously interviewed lucas you know lucas martel we knew how good he was you know i've looked up a lot of the the mighty coconut team but it's it becomes very apparent with you know talking about you and the way you hype up the other elements of the team it's like this really is uh, a team it's an all-star dream team right here yeah no one's out to just yeah. take the the glory it's not a me show it's an everyone's doing their part and look at play the game and you'll see yourself i can't wait and and <laughs> half of our our ranks are the technical team that are making sure that it's as rock solid as it is are constantly testing it um we have nightly builds that go up that we test continuously and also the new, new things that happen in the new courses can affect the old courses so all that has to be kept in check and to make sure that there, we have, aren't breaking things as we're uh, progressing you have a new physics element so, or something like runs that. that team and it's a it's a huge job to 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 make everything work consistently all the time and over many platforms because it's just not on the quest it's on it's on uh, steam as well yeah no the the technical the technical side is is again they deserve awards I've, i don't think i've ever I think had we'll a, be seeing awards have you ever seen had a single glitch in walkabout no and you you this it's not a game that can afford to have glitches because how much no there was one time i i was concerned i had a glitch and then quickly discovered it wasn't a glitch it was me so (laughs) i was the glitch not the game no it's all from day one it's been tight it was always a must own we call it a must own i think the store calls it a must own and i haven't heard a review that doesn't say and I've I've read reviews from people that you wouldn't think would necessarily be really plugging the whole mini golf, but you play it once and then you're going to go, no, you have to have this. Yeah. And it's so I hard. I can't describe why there's some, you guys have done something to that game that just draws people to want to keep coming back. So 
something I always love to ask, you know, people who actually work in VR as well is, uh, you know, what was your first VR experience? Oh, I had the, the, the Oculus, uh, developer kit one. So it was the, uh, it was definitely the Tuscan, um, little, little villa. Uh, I think one of the epiphanies of that moment was I remember that the you know it was an early early version so the the textures were really low res and so I was over examining the ch- wooden chair and I realized that that I could really see the artifacts of the jpeg that was used to to make that chair and my brain did not care <laughs> my brain said that's a chair it's made of wood and I am standing next to it and I went there's a huge potential for us to be able to create environments that aren't necessarily photoreal that can transport you places. And I, I think a lot of that too comes from the music we choose, the sort of Foley work and the sound effects. Uh, there are some areas, uh, Lucas mentioned it last night, the uh, helping hands tunnel that has all the moving hands was downright eerie and creepy <laughs> until the sound effects came in. And now it makes sense, but it, you know, going in there to do some play testing without the sounds in there was a little terrifying. Uh, and yet, they're really low poly hands in a really low poly environment. <laughs> uh, but the the atmosphere and the sounds and uh, the just the use of I mean, our texture is only like that big, <laughs> and we pull a color from various pixels on it. Um, but that allows us, those limitations allow us to do the kind of work that we're doing because we embrace them. I, I think I even said it last night, like, yeah, I would not want to play this whole after a Grateful Dead show, you know? No. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if it's like a, a lack of intelligence thing on my end, but I've always been in, amazed at how easy my brain doesn't care about low graphics. Exactly what you're saying about that. And, you know, I've seen some people be a little bit more, you know, uh, needy about high graphics. But for myself personally... If something's not high res, but I'm in a 3D VR environment, my brain really doesn't care. Like I, I, I accept it so quickly. So I've never really had the issue of like, you know, some people really complain about the Quest 2's, you know, standalone capability. For me, if a game's good, doesn't matter. I get immersed. No mm-hmm. problem. My brain just accepts that's life now. And uh, yeah, well, I, anybody who lived in the 90s and played Doom <laughs> or 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 Dark Forces or any of those games or Hexen. I I I played a a, a version of Hexen that uh, my memory of that was it was like Game of Thrones. You know, it had all the details and everything. It is like unwatchable. It's it's so low low resolution. Um, but we'll 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 fill it in. And even uh, Skyrim. I remember when I finally got to go into Skyrim in VR, that was fantastic. But also I, I'd been there already. I mean, I, I had projected myself so fully into that environment that, uh, but now I get to stand over the Creek and watch the fish, uh, for hours <laughs> if I want. Yeah. Doom, Doom's a great example of how your brain will, because without seeing the, the first Doom, if you picture it in your head, it's all high def and tight and it looks beautiful, probably better than the last one they made. And then you really look at it and you're like, Really, I saw all that so well, and I I could do all the the maps and levels, Mm -hmm. you know, blindfolded. Your brain does the rest. Yeah, just your memory of it it is. If something's good, if it has that that it feel, you're not not suffering. No. (laughs) Skyrim's a great man. The amount of times I've bought Skyrim, it's it's funny. It even gets you in VR. You get a VR headset, and they'll get you. Yep. 
So that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, this is another question I always love to, to ask people who, who work in VR and oftentimes the answer is surprisingly new, but sometimes we get some good answers out of it. Uh, you know, you work in VR, you're making a game in VR, you play test it in VR all day, you know, in your spare time, is there more games that, that you play outside of walkabout or is it one of those, Hey, work's done. I'm probably not going to put on a VR headset at this point. No, I'm, I tend to use the VR on the weekends to make more stuff <laughs> more than I necessarily am playing anything. I, I'm, I'm sad because I play, play games so much less because there's so much time I want to spend making things. Uh, during, during COVID, I had a fear because work was just drying up in the theme park business. I had this fear that my creativity was linked to someone else asking me to produce it. And here I was in a time period, kind of like being retired, where uh, no one was asking me to do anything. And I found that I could could self-motivate to create tons of content. I probably was most prolific. I've been in my entire life during the COVID period making content. And that hasn't stopped. So when I'm not working on Walkabout during the week, I'm, uh, I'm working on my own projects often, which have a VR component. Because it's like being inside my head, you know? Uh, really, when you think about it as an artist, you picture something in your head and your hand has the process of translating the pic- that 3D picture in your head onto 2D so that you can hand to somebody and they will recreate it in 3D. Now I can bring them in there with me and show the damn thing to them without having to draw it. Uh, so VR is a wonderful creation tool for me uh, in that respect. So I'm, the weekends are full. And also, uh, sometimes I can't help myself when I do walkabout work uh, on the weekends. What I can't describe what I'm drawing in because it would give away what we're working on now. But my wife and I were at our favorite coffee place, and I was drawing something. She said, "She said, what, what, what are you drawing?" And I said, "I'm drawing this thing." And she said, "Why? And what's it for?" And I said, "It's for work." She said, "It's Sunday." <laughs> I said, "I know, but they asked me to draw this. I have to draw this." <laughs> That goes back to the passion and the love, and that's why it's so good, you well, know? If, if every time you're putting on a headset, it's really there's a, a back brain creative process going on that's never getting shut off, mm-hmm. that's just more proof of the the power of virtual reality because well, it's drawing out that creativity when you eh, mm-hmm. might not necessarily be as creative if it was a different you know scenario. And it's something I say a lot. I don't know how you are, but it's like when inspiration hits – the act on it. You have to. If I if I get an idea in my head or it, it, I get that inspiration, that feel, I can't wait an hour and do it later when I get home. It, it, it's not going to be there. It hits. You're at the coffee right. shop, wherever you... It, it's going to be the best if you do it right now. And I'm sorry, life. That's the right. way it is. That's that's where the napkin sketch comes yep. from. It's, I don't have paper. Do you have a yep. napkin? I hope all <laughs> these sketches are being saved and compiled. Oh, I would love to see some of these. Do you Do you ever post any of your work... Uh, that you do personally, like online on any website or anything? Oh, yeah. Instagram. Nice. And I also have a Patreon where I actually talk in depth about the process, including a lot of the process we're going through on uh, Walkabout. As soon as we're released, we're free to to, to show um, some of the work that went into the finished product. So uh, my career is completely, mostly under NDA. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, a lot of the work that I've done was a lot of that COVID work that I did. But now at Walkabout, I'm able to share as soon as it releases, I can share the concept work. So between Instagram and Patreon, you can get a deep dive into the process. Nice. And I'll definitely throw those links in the show notes for our episode. But uh, just for the the listeners who, you know, they're on the road, you know, they don't want to open up their phone and start reading, you know, 
Uh, where would somebody be able to find your Instagram or your Patreon? Probably the easiest is doncarsoncreative.com is my portfolio, and it has links to both Instagram and to uh, Patreon. Um, and the Patreon site really was an ex- was, it wasn't so much as a, 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 another income stream, although I do get my coffee paid <laughs> for me pretty much. <laughs> Uh, but the uh, it was to to create a community where we could talk shop, which is something that doesn't necessarily happen in Facebook and Instagram, which tends to be much more, you know, admiration. Oh, that's so lovely! What a nice drawing. Uh, Patreon <laughs> lets lets us to you know really talk about the nitty gritty of how how the process is done. Yeah, get into the details, not just posting a picture and getting yeah. the the hundreds of comments on the it. Likes. Yep, I love yeah. that. That looks great. No, that's that's pretty awesome. I won't lie. There's deep in my heart, I am so excited that before the end of the interview, we got a nice cuckoo clock in the background. You heard that? Yep. I love that's it. right. I love a good cuckoo clock. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, you've done a you've done a great job getting me excited for whatever the hell is coming next. Doesn't matter. Like I said, you can pre-take my money. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I will prepay because I know if Walkabout's coming out with it and everybody we've ever spoken to from Mighty Coconut in all seriousness, they all have an extreme level of passion, passion, which dictates to work ethic, which dictates to, you know, the the, finished product. The feel I've always gotten from Mighty Coconut is passion and love Mm -hmm. for VR. That's it. And having fun. Yeah. It resonates. And we're having a good time. Oh, we're really having a ball. I wish I could go to work and... Not, you know, have a meeting in mini golf. That'd be be cool. (laughs) Yeah, but it's important to know, too. It's like you said it yourself. Work hard. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. as much fun as you're having and as much passion and love as you're having. Because of that, you're working hard. It's not Mm -hmm. all, you know. It's enjoyable work hard. Exactly. So I'm I'm excited for for what comes next to walk about. And uh, Don, is there anything else that you maybe wanted to plug or say before we, we wrap this baby up? Uh, no, just so, so gratified and happy that you enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it. Uh, like I said, selfishly, I do hope that that Walkabout stands out above and beyond enjoy, an enjoyable game is that really, really rich storytelling environments can, can be created right now with the tools that, that are available. Um, we're using Unity, we're using Gravity Sketch, we're using Blender. All three of them are free for people to utilize. It just takes the investment of learning them, which can seem daunting, but is actually possible. And uh, you too can create immersive places that tell stories and uh, and allow people to meet in those places. Ooh, I can only hope somewhere there's some there is. 20-year-old kid who's... Work that what? down and is going to go do a little search and... I mean, and anybody we speak to says that's pretty much what you got to do. Yeah, it was funny. I was actually going to say, usually ask the question, what advice do you have for somebody who can get in? And boom, you, there it is. Yeah. So I know you are excited about Don's background with with Disney and some of his other past credentials. Did you have anything else you wanted to to touch on before we let Don go? No, I definitely fanboyed the Disney enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I just, I think it's just great to see that Mighty Coconut is continuing to push forward. And what they're, again, I just, I'm looking at the overall team now and I'm not looking at one person like he owns the company and now I'm seeing everybody's role here is so deliberate. No, it's an all-star team. Everybody yeah. does their role. They do it good. And, and, and I'll stand in. on my guns that they're the ones that people should be looking at to go, we need to model something after this concept of bringing people together. You know, it doesn't matter what your genre is. You can still use it. It's, it's possible. And they've done it. 
and they'll continue to do it and they'll continue to take my money happily. <laughs> yeah. So like I always say, if we're spending 20 minutes wandering around a, a hole, just looking at art stuff, already found the ball. Don't just literally, we could be playing the game, but we're Doesn't just exploring. Matter. I still want to see. They did something special. We finish a hole. We want to play another, but we say, no, let's go to bed. And then 30 minutes passes by because we're going to the driving range, going to the tiki bar, going on a little raft <laughs> ride. Just the game's done something magic. So, you know, people like you and the passion that you bring on, it's a, a big part of, you know, I think why walkabout is what it is. So, we appreciate having you on. Like I said before, we always got some time for a coconut. So anytime uh, anyone from the team wants to be on, you know, new course drops, anything you got some news to say, we'd be more than more than happy to have you guys on. Wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Don. And, you know, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your, your nice heat wave you're getting hit with, unfortunately. It's <laughs> yes, thanks. <laughs> moving from coast to coast. <laughs>